Hi, we are relationship specialists, Dan and Carol Oler. Thanks for joining us for our podcast series called Relationships by Design. In this episode, we'll talk about treating life as an experiment. According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, an experiment is a procedure carried out under controlled conditions in order to discover an unknown effect or law. We believe that we can approach life as if we were an experimentor, being curious, looking for unknowns, results, lessons. This would mean that our results, they're not right or wrong, but simply an outcome. What freedom could that create? So Shakespeare, in one of his plays, has one of his characters say, all the world is a stage. And then that person in their monologue goes on to talk about all the roles that each of us play. I think there were seven roles that we each play in our life and how that all plays out. And yet we like to consider it more about life's really about being an experiment. It truly is. I think about things that I have done in my life. and. Even though I thought I had a goal, a plan, or whatever, really it was just a big experiment and there was always some learning that came along the way. Either learning of how to do that and to actually achieve that, or when it was a flop, when it didn't work, there was definitely some learning that happened there as well. Yeah, and one of the things that I like about considering my life to be an experiment is that it gives me permission to try something and not have to keep doing that forever. It's like, well, okay, well, I'll try this for a little while. And if I like the results I'm getting, I can continue on. However, at any moment, I can stop and change gears and say, well, let's start a new experiment. Tell me a little more about that. What do you mean by that? Well, I think about change. My mom has had a fall and just come from spending a couple of weeks with her to support her. And she's 93 and at the stage of her life where she's kind of set in her ways. And I just think sometimes that to be able to roll and be willing to move with the changing times is a valuable place for me anyways. And as I watched her, I thought, hmm, if she were willing to try. So for instance, we suggested to her, what about Meals on Wheels? Here are all your options. There were three different options she could choose. Would you be interested in trying it? And I think from her perspective, she thought if she signed up for Meals on Wheels, she would have to do that every day until the day she died. And the way I looked at it is try it for a month and see how it goes. And if you like it, continue on or add more, you know, maybe start with three days a week. But if you like it, go to five days a week or go to seven days a week. If you don't like it, how could we modify it? Could we reduce it? Could we eliminate it? But the idea of it being an experiment as opposed to once I've decided this, it's done. That's a decision that I've made forever. It kind of reminds me of the idea of change. You know, in that case, maybe there's fear of change mm-hmm. or a resistance to change. And I mean, a lot of the couples and people that we work with in coaching, that's oftentimes what holds them from really doing or being what they want in life is a fear of the change. And yet, if we can look at it as rather than a change as in all or nothing, and rather than it's just an experiment for a period of time. Yeah. And I think about routine. We set up routines in our life. You know, again, talking about my mom, I'll let her know that I'm doing this before we publish (laughs) it so that it's not a surprise to her. However, every morning she's having oatmeal. Now what that does for her, it allows her to get out of bed and not have to think about what she has to cook for breakfast. 
it's oatmeal. You know, she's maybe made it two days ago and she's just heating it up, but she knows it's going to be oatmeal. And it's kind of no different than how I would get out of bed. And the first thing I do is go to the bathroom and then I brush my teeth and whatever the routine is allows me to just let that stuff happen and kind of save brain power for the things that I really want to think about. So that part supports us. However, what I see is that when it becomes a rut, so the next example, my mom, I'm sorry, is uh, I'd asked her what she would like for lunch and it was sort of the same soup every day. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. Now, when she's by herself, that's maybe fine to have mushroom soup every day. For me, I was looking for some variety and she was quite okay with it when I made something else. The point being that when it moves from being easeful to being a rut, then that changes things because then I don't know what she was feeling. And yet for me to look at her life, I thought, hmm, could this become stagnant? And I don't want to become stagnant. Maybe that's what keeps us strong and vibrant and having long, healthy lives is when we can keep from getting stagnant. I mean, we live our lives out of habit. A lot of what we do is very habitual. And yet if we can be stop every now and then and look at those habits and say, is this really serving me well? Mm -hmm. Is this really helping me to get what I want? Is it helping me to be the person I want to be and to have the relationships that I want? Yeah. And again, goes back to that being conscious and intentional. And yet the whole idea of doing something as an experiment allows me to say, if I've looked at one of those habits and I don't feel that it's giving me 100% of the results that I want, well, what if I were to try something different? What if? As opposed to, oh, no, I could never do that or, oh, it's scary or any of those things. The experiment allows me to kind of go, okay, well, I'm just going to try it. And I think about our relationship and with this understanding and moving forward, when we can see things where we maybe are butting heads or we're not getting, not agreeing on things, rather than it's my way and that's the right way, of course, or it's your way and that's the right way, the wrong way, of course. <laughs> Instead, for us to say, this is interesting, we have some differences of opinions. Cool. So let's try an experiment. Mm. Let's try this for a little while. Are you okay? Can we agree to this? Let's look at it from this way for a while. Let's experiment for it for a week or two weeks. And then let's stop and reevaluate. And if that's not working, then we can try a different way. And it's another experiment. And I think being in that experimental frame of mind, I guess, for lack of other words, it allows me to be open to something new and to not have to prove the way I think it is. And, you know, this is the right way, as you'd mentioned, and that's the wrong way. And it allows me to open up and use sort of a different part of my brain, maybe almost removed. And I, I don't mean from a cold way. However, I know that our best solutions in our relationship are when I allow myself to not be quite so attached to what's going on so that I have to defend or debate or try to prove you wrong. It allows me the freedom to be open to maybe what if again. When we're stuck in our way, in our habit, in our rightness, it eliminates all kinds of possibility for mm -hmm. something new and possibly what change, that scary thing called change. I remember years ago, it was after we'd left the farm, we were living up north and I was working a job for a short period of time there. And I remember getting up in the morning and turning on the TV where we lived, watching Canada 7 or Canada, whatever it was called, AM, yeah. getting the news, 
not always the greatest stuff to <laughs> fill my brain with in the morning, but I would watch that and then I'd go to work. And of course, the conversations with my colleagues at work were about the stuff that was going on in the world and this bad thing happening and that bad thing and the corruption here and the stuff there. And I remember after a while just really starting noticing that I was becoming very negative about lots of things in life. And it was right when I was trying to figure out who I was and sort out my life. I remember making the change saying, I'm going to, just for an experiment, I'm going to stop watching the TV for a while and see what happens. And it was absolutely amazing. It only took about a week. And all of a sudden I realized I felt more positive and cheery and I'd go to work and colleagues were talking about all this stuff going on. But I could interject little questions about, or even comments about, you know, the beautiful day, the sun shining. And it had an effect not only for me, but I think it had an effect on others as well. And had you not been willing to do that experiment, you may not have had those different results. Yeah, so huge value in your willingness to say, well, let's try this and see what happens. And I think about couples that we work with in coaching, oftentimes all that we're doing with them is helping them to identify some of their habits in how they think and speak and act, and making small little shifts in those habits, which really is just about experimenting with a different way to see it gives them, if it gives them different results. Yeah, to stop and to be fully present too, to, again, not be in, this is the way I've always done it kind of thing. And from my experience, having to defend and debate things that at some point I don't even remember what I'm trying to defend, and yet then saying, okay, I'm willing to stop and take a look and look for a different way to do it. And something different is not necessarily wrong. Yeah, that's a big piece. And again, being with my mom, I've had an opportunity for the last couple of weeks to really notice what she says. And I love my mom. She's an amazing lady. And I have a lot of similar traits to her, both good and not so good. And Yet it's allowed me to think about where is some of that stuff coming from and how do I want to be going forward? Huge reflection piece. You know, one of the things too that cropped up around this was the idea of interrupting my brain when I get stuck in those patterns. So a different example, again, I was down visiting mom and my stepsister stopped by and the two of us went for a walk and we were having a conversation and I found myself telling an old story that was kind of reliving some of the less than stuff and whining and complaining. And then I stopped and the sun was shining and there was that hoarfrost that had fallen off the trees and was on the ground. And it was sparkly and diamond. And I just stopped and started looking at it. And my stepsister and I had this conversation about, oh, well, isn't that interesting how quickly I could change my perspective? And so kind of an experiment to be able to say, whoa, stop and notice where I am rather than being stuck in the moment too. And I think when we can approach some of these things as an experiment, it helps me to be more focused and present and aware of what I'm doing and what's going on then, rather than flipping back into the memories that uh, sort of muddy the water. I think about a scientist that's going into an experiment and they're focused, they're totally on, they're watching things, they're aware, they're listening, they're watching and noticing any little change that happens, but they've got to be totally present in there. And I think that's what it does for me to look at my life more as an experiment in these little segments is to, I'm going to practice this, I'm going to experiment with this. And then it helps me to really be present and watch for what goes on in that experiment. 
And I was just thinking about with science, one of the first things is to have a hypothesis. And so as you enter into the experiment, in my example, I felt like I was stuck in the old stories. So what if I were to stop and just notice what was going on around me in that moment? I experimented with that. So the hypothesis was that perhaps that would make a difference. You know, it may change my outlook or it may. So therefore, I was willing to try it. I thought there might be a different way of doing things. So I thought, well, let's try it. And as it turned out, it led to better conversations with my stepsisters and I as we were walking too. So for you, what is the motivation or what is the spark that has you stick to it and to keep on with that? Good question. I think that the biggest thing for me to keep going is when I see the results that I think that I want. So for example, I want to be a positive, forward-moving person. I feel less than when I'm around places that I feel that there's a negative spiral going on and I want to run from that. And so I also don't want to be that person that people want to run away from. So what allows me to stick to something is when I sense that I am moving into a more positive space or a more loving presence. And I see the results when I watch other people because I'm pretty outward focused. And when I notice that those around me are impacted in a loving way by what I'm doing rather than being repelled by me because I'm negative, then that keeps me going. I think that's a neat idea, Carol, because it's moving towards something that you want or you want more of or to be better at. I find myself sometimes where the motivation is the other way. It's because I don't want this anymore. I'm feeling some pain or dissatisfaction. I don't want that anymore. So I'm a little more motivated. And yet to have that clear vision of where you're going, that hypothesis for the experiment, and then to be focused on that where I want to go instead, I think that's a, a great approach. I'm reminded of the story that I'd heard told years ago about the dog that was lying on a bed of nails or lying on a nail or something. I don't remember how it worked, but the story went something to the effect of two guys were talking and the dog was laying on the ground and moaning and the visitor said, what's up with your dog? He's moaning. And the dog said, yeah, he's laying on a nail. And the visitor said, well, why doesn't he move? And the owner said, because it doesn't hurt enough yet. <laughs> and I think that sometimes I'm guilty of this. Guilty, that's an interesting word. However, I definitely have this experience where I don't necessarily want to change until it hurts badly. <laughs> and I think that's probably not, un not uncommon that many of us continue to do the same stuff because it has become a ritual, a routine, a something or other, and it doesn't quite hurt quite badly enough to actually try to experiment with something new. And maybe that's about awareness. Maybe it has to get to a certain pain threshold, mm. quote unquote, pain threshold, until we hurt enough that we're all of a sudden aware that this is not the way I want it. And yet, as you and I have been playing with this sort of experiment concept for the last several years now, I find I'm a lot more open to try out different things sooner than I might have been in the past. And there are still areas of my life, absolutely, that I could move a little more quickly on and haven't. However, in the areas that I've tried this, it's certainly become easier and easier with time. And I find that it's a whole lot more fun too. Mm -hmm. You know, rather than feeling I'm stuck in something 
you know, I, I've got to do this project or I'm doing this job and it's the drudgery. Rather, it's an experiment and it can be fun and I'm learning and I'm looking forward to and not that it is right or it's wrong, but there's some learning pieces there that I can use later on in the next experiment. Mm -hmm. And for me, the word experiment, I'm not turned off by it at all. I suppose there might be those who that sounds too scientific or something. And yet for me, it's about an openness to a different level of spontaneity or something like, well, let's try it. And it feels light and playful to me. And some may choose a different word, but this is one that you and I have decided we're okay with. And yet it's, well, why not? Or why not this? Or how about that? Or just to be open to possibilities. And the language we use is really important too, because when I find myself using words like always, never, mm. won't, can't, it limits the potential for what can happen. Whereas to use different words of possibility, maybe, I'm curious, what if, how else? You know, it just opens up a whole new perspective, a new view. And that to me is one of the beauties of coaching. And something that I am so grateful for. If you and I never coached with another soul on the planet, I'd be sad. However, I feel that I personally have gained so much in that approach to my life that it would all have been worth it anyways, because I just think that there are always possibilities. You know, I go back to all the world's a stage. I just, that feels light to me. It's like, yeah, we can do different things and try on different roles. And that's fun. And that's what experimentation is for me, too. It's a lightness. It's, yeah, let's give it a go. So that's been a good experiment for you so far? <laughs> yes, and I'm not finished experimenting. <laughs> <laughs> I think about raising children as well. And I know when our kids were little, at that point, I wasn't looking at parenting as an experiment. We had to do it right. We had to make sure that we were being good parents for our kids. And I screwed up a lot. I know that. And yet, if I could have looked at it at that point as more of an experiment, well, let's try this and let's see how this works. And now when we have a grandson and watching Brad and Laura, the way they're treating him, you know, what a lovely, lovely experiment that they get to work with. Yeah, I'm slightly biased. However, you say you screwed up a lot. I would say you did many things well. You had multiple good experiments with your kids. Kind of sounds a little creepy, though, like we're kind of the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or something, <laughs> raising kids. I don't feel like it was like that. But <laughs> uh, so all the world is a stage, but this is just an experiment. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the all the world's a stage thing, I totally like the concept that maybe I am playing a different role at different times. And so if the role is a scientist who experiments a little, that allows me to view my life in a more light fashion. And again, when I do that, it's just so much easier. Well, and understanding models like the dreaded drama triangle that we talked about a while mm -hmm. ago and, and the empowerment dynamic, really those different positions, you know, victim, rescuer, and uh, persecutor. Persecu yeah. They're just roles that we choose to play. And if we can be aware of them and then play them and recognize it's just a costume that we're wearing, it's not who I am. It's not who you are as a human being. It's just a role. Yeah. And that too is freeing because if it's just a role that I can change. And I recognize that when I say I am and I put something at the end that I do or don't like, it slots me into something. And yet if I consider it a role rather than saying, well, I'm always this or I am that. 
that's just feels solid to me. It feels like a way for me to get stuck and almost cement my feet into, well, that's just the way it is because I'm whatever <laughs> I am. Um, that feels really heavy for me and I don't want to stay there. And yet it can be powerful the other way as well. I think that's the way affirmations work is I am whatever it is, the positive, what we're intending and wanting to be. So maybe the I amness, if that's what you were meaning, can be a powerful force if we're using it consciously. Yeah. And I guess for me, where it's powerful is when I use an I am statement with a quality rather than a role. So rather than saying I am a mother or I am a wife or whatever other word I want to choose to put in, that feels limiting to me. And yet if I say I am loving, that's a different freeing, a different. So for me to be able to use sort of more of a, an emotion or a feeling thing after an I am statement, that feels like I can move within that. I'm not caged in by the perceived parameters of that particular role, you know, the boundaries that that other role might place upon me. Because I am a mother, then I shouldn't do this, this, or because I am a woman, these are the things that a woman should or shouldn't do. Well, if I say that I'm amazing or I am loving or whatever, well, that gives me more room to move around. It reminds me of, I was at a conference one time and the facilitator had us introduce ourselves to others. And the rule was that we weren't to use what's on a business card. Mm -hmm. So I'm not a CEO. I'm not a coach of this organization. I'm not a that, a manager or CFO, but I am a father, a husband. I'm a proud community person. I'm a loving person to introduce ourselves as who we are as a human being. And it was a really powerful exercise. A lot of people had a tough time doing it. We get attached and held within the boundaries of a title. And again, I think that any time that we're doing something that feels like it's rigid and solid, it's like that's the way it always is. You use some of those words. And therefore, this is never that. It's just so solid. It feels like it's immovable. And again, back to the experimentation, allows some fluidity or some movement within some of those perceived boundaries. And we can always find another way. We can always learn from the feedback that we're getting and then choose something different rather than being stuck in our old, old habits. And I think the thing that would inhibit me, you asked me what would allow me to keep going a while back. I think the thing that would stop me from doing some of these things is my fear. So it's easier to stay where I am than to make the change. And why? Well, because I'm afraid of, it's not even that it doesn't hurt badly enough necessarily, but what if I try something and it doesn't work? Or what if I know this, but I don't know that? And so I think fear gets in the way of me moving forward and probably others as well. And the more I allow myself to get in touch with the fear, even something you and I have been experimenting with is speaking, you know, bringing it to light and then talking about what all the different parts of that fear are, it allows me to go, well, that's not really that big of ideal. And then I can identify the pieces of it that are really holding me back and I can then move forward with an experiment in that way. So the identification of the fear, I think, is a big piece for me. Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest fears that many of us have, I have, in these experiments is, what if somebody else then isn't going to like me? Mm -hmm. Or what if I hurt their feelings? Or what if 
but it's kind of an ego thing because what if they're not going to like me anymore? Yeah. The fear of rejection. And I don't know, I'm not a psychologist. I don't know sort of which are the bigger fears for people or any of those things. However, you and I are probably similar enough that I relate to what you're saying. And I know others who would say the same thing. The fear is that they're going to look stupid or that it won't be right by somebody else's standards, which is really all about that rejection piece. And yet the other part of it is I've found that when I and when you and I have chosen to step into some of that unknown territory, we have had people say to us, wow, I wish I could have done that or that that was really courageous or so the very thing that I worried about somebody else judging me wrongly for sometimes turns out the totally the opposite way and I never would have known that. Absolutely. And it took that experiment to find out. Yeah. I think about when way back many years ago when we left the farm and people saying to us, wow, I wish I had the courage to do that. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I left the government job and some said, you're stupid to leave the mm -hmm. government job. And many others in government jobs saying, oh, man, I wish I had the courage to do that too. And deciding to be speaking for a, a business, you know, gosh, I wish I had the courage to do that. And yet the great learning that went along the way. Yeah. And again, none of those things we did forever. There was always an escape hatch, which again, that's the experimental piece. Just because we left the farm didn't mean that A, we couldn't have chosen again, which we did, or we couldn't have gone back to the farm. We hadn't closed all those doors. When you left the government job, sure, we moved back here, but at any moment you could have gone and got another job. And that would have been fine too. So knowing that there's always some place that you could fall back to or to choose a new experiment from, if whatever place we landed wasn't where we wanted to stay, we got to choose again. I think about our relationship too and how this plays out in a partner home relationship. Mm -hmm. One point I thought, you know, we're married, we've got to stick together. This is something we've committed to do. We shut the back door. We're not going our separate ways. We're going to make this work. And I think that commitment was really powerful. And yet I think that because we have a strong relationship and we communicate well, and if you're not happy in this relationship, although it might hurt for a little while, I'd be very supportive of you to head off and start a relationship with somebody else. I don't want you feeling tied to me or to this relationship if you're not happy in it. Yeah, I feel the same way. And so the experiment that I chose this morning was to get up and look around and say, okay, what, how do I want to interact with you? And I feel that every day it's a choice to be with you, which I feel exactly the same way. I don't want you here if you don't want to be here. And so I'm choosing to be here today and I'm having fun and I'm enjoying it. And the day that I'm not, I better be looking for either a change of my attitude or a change of my relationship with you in some way or another. And I think those are the really powerful choices to be aware of is if I'm not feeling good today, it's not because of you. It's because of something that I'm choosing. Mm -hmm. And so if I choose to interact with you in a healthy, caring, loving, respectful way, it's going to make a difference for me as well. Yeah. And so one of the roles that we choose to play in this particular stage that you and I are on is the role of husband and wife the role of business partners, the role of co-parents, co-grandparents. And from there, we're choosing in every moment. And it's all an experiment. And 
yeah, a great way for me and you, I think, because you're doing it, to help to create more joy in our lives. And that's really what, for me, it's all about. Kind of a neat experiment. And I don't think that most people head into an experiment to try to find out what's wrong or how they can make things worse. Mm -hmm. Instead, they're looking for how they can make things better, how they can create improvements and efficiencies and greater happiness and joy. So what a nice experiment to be conscious and aware of and working on. And, you know, I recognize that not everybody is able to do that. And so if you are one of those people out there that is unable to feel that you want to step into the experimentation process, give us a call because coaching is all about that. Through the coaching process, we ask questions that you know, well, what if, and how about, and what might happen, and just to allow some possibility into your life. So if you are someone who is looking for something a little bit different, please give us a call or drop us a line on email. So coming back to where we started, all of life is a stage. We talked about experiments. So just imagine, just imagine what life can be like when every day is an experiment to make that day the most joyful, the most loving, the most wonderful, the most fun, the most courageous, the most productive day possible. Imagine what that can be like. That's where I'm going. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Relationships by Design. We trust you created value for yourself. Our vision is healing our planet one relationship at a time. To help us do that, please give a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We invite you to visit our website at www.danandcarol.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. You'll also find tools and information to support you to create your relationships by design.